You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller filling in for Nick and Ken here on this Tuesday. Mark and I are going to be with you for the rest of the week here on You Better You Bet. A reminder that we are still on stadium with you guys up until 6 o'clock Eastern time, so make sure you go to watchstadium.com. We also are still on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, and we're over on the BetQL network at twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. Mark and I had a good conversation about college basketball last segment. Now it is time to turn our attention to the pros, and we bring in friend of the show, Noops. You can follow him at on Twitter at underscore Noops, betting analyst for BetUSMBA and FTN Bets host of hoops with noops and uh noops it's always great to see you man how are you the beautiful day in the neighborhood football is finally over so we can focus our efforts on nba basketball we can noops what i love about you is uh last time we were doing the show and we had you on as a guest we were talking about glenn rivers being the new head coach of the milwaukee bucks so now that you have seen a bigger sample size of him in Milwaukee, what have been your impressions? Do you have a different take than you did a couple weeks ago of the Bucks with uh, with him at the helm? I don't think much has changed. My original thought was, you know, going to Glenn Rivers is basically saying to the world, you made a mistake firing Mike Budenholzer. He is very much a similar coach in what he does for the locker room, what he does in terms of coalescing the team. And I am curious to see. He hasn't had a chance to really work with these guys. The all-star break will be huge. What concerns me is the defense hasn't gotten much better. It looks different. They're trying a few different things. They look a little more organized, but we haven't seen results. And on the other end of the floor, the offense is getting worse. Now, I don't know if that's Rivers. It seems there's been a downtick in shooting. So I don't know if I've changed my opinion. I'm still overall worried about the Bucks. They can't seem to defend anybody on the perimeter. They can't seem to keep people in front of them. And when you get to the playoffs, being able to score 120, 130 points a night is not something that, that wins you a lot of games. So still a little worried about the Bucks. Noops, when we look at the East, you know, you mentioned still not comfortable with Milwaukee, which makes a ton of sense. Is it just Boston or bust? Like, is everyone else just kind of playing for second place in the East? We know the Sixers, you know, with Embiid's injury situation, uh, you know, market rating dropped considerably. We have the Knicks and Cleveland, two teams that are looking to make the next step. You know, Jalen Brunson, obviously, tremendous asset for the Knicks and Cleveland. Lights got too bright for him last year. Do you think they can kind of step up this year? Can anyone really challenge Boston in the East? 
really tough. Uh, like you said, Boston has the best roster, but there's still a lot of problems. It is still the same Boston Celtics team that struggles to score late in games. It gets into a lot of iso ball, all that nice movement you see for the whole game. And Missoula has gotten better as a coach, but it's still not on the same level. Nick Nurse in Philadelphia is Eric Spolster in Miami. So I not sure which team it is, but I am going to find a way to fade Boston in the playoffs. I do it just about every year, and it seems to, to work out well. It's just that style of play doesn't do well in the postseason. But you start to look down the board. I think the Knicks, I'm looking for my friends at uh, BetMGM, the Knicks are plus 800 to win the East. I'm going to wait a little while. If they keep losing games, and that's going to get to 10 to 1, I think it's definitely worth a bet in that range. And then the 76ers, they're plus 1,200. Uh, that's kind of the market telling you we don't really know what's going to happen with Joel Embiid. But I think it's one of those two teams. I think it's the Knicks or the Sixers that are going to be the ones uh, that really push Boston, get them in trouble. And, of course, there's always the looming monster that is the Miami Heat that at seemingly any point, like a monster, can hop out of the closet and just scare the crap out of these teams. What's holding you off of the Cavs, Noops? Uh, obviously, they had that nine-game winning streak. Is it just the offense? Are you not able to trust that they're going to score enough points in the postseason? It's a little bit of that, and it's just uh, the postseason is much different. You have regular season NBA teams and playoff NBA teams, and really what those regular season NBA teams, the reason the Cavaliers are so good is just their depth. To have four really good players like Mitchell, um, Mobley, Garland, and Jared Allen, and to have just kind of some duplicity there to have Mitchell and Garland, where at some point you always have a good shooting, good ball handler on the floor. With Mobley and Allen, you always have a rim protector on the floor, sometimes both. That is really useful in the regular season, night to night. But when teams have a little more time to prepare defenses, to get ready for you, uh, there is a way for that team to be boxed in. And I don't expect them to be as bad as they were in that Knicks series. I think they will win a series this year, but I just don't know if this is a team that has the overall star quality to it, that has the flexibility that you need, that extra gear you need in the postseason. So they're going to win a lot of games. I think they can win a series, but I don't expect them to be in the Eastern Finals. Okay. You mentioned the Heat a little bit, right? Uh, big underdogs tonight against the Bucks in that matchup. Both teams coming off tough games. Milwaukee, big win over Denver. Heat fell a little bit short against Boston. Um, what are your thoughts here on this one? Did you place a bet here? Um, and if not, like, which side would you lean? Like, me personally, like, I think this is a lot of points for Milwaukee to lay at home. Haven't been typically great as a home favorite, but also tough to get behind the heat in this situation. Wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, sometimes I wake up and I have to talk myself into bets. Sometimes I wake up and I talk myself out of them. And I got up ready to bet the heat this morning, but just too many little things here kind of holding me back. Uh, Jimmy Butler is out tonight. Perry Rogier is out tonight. That really leaves... And Josh Richardson's out as well. That leaves Tyler Hero as the only ball handling guard really on this roster tonight. And it, it just it, it makes things really difficult. When you beat Miami, it's generally through guard play. And without guards, it is going to be a struggle for Bam out of bio. He's been bad against the Milwaukee Bucks. Just having Giannis, having Brooke Lopez, two guys that are taller than Bam, longer than Bam, and just about as athletic as him makes it tough. So but without Butler, without Rozier, it's a tough matchup. But it's Miami or nothing. And I think that if you are playing this, not only should you play Miami plus eight and a half, take a little bit of your unit and sprinkle the money line. I think Miami is definitely live tonight, but I just can't see any value in it. I make this number seven. It's only eight and a half. So a little bit of an edge to Miami, but just not enough. I just can't get there. Any any other plays for you, Noops, tonight in the NBA? Any other games that you uh, bet on the slate? 
Yeah, two games I like here tonight, two underdogs. The Sacramento Kings go to Phoenix to play the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is great. It's this really efficient, beautiful offense that scores a lot of points. Um, I think they're 17 and 8 in their last 25 games, but only 11 and 14 against the spread. It's, it's hard for a team with such a good offense and such a bad defense to cover numbers, to keep um, games close basically win games by margin late. Sacramento is a fantastic offense. They're going to be able to score on this Phoenix team. I think they're a little underrated. They beat Phoenix outright twice this season, and the one game they did lose, they ended up covering. It was just a two-point game. I think this is a really nice spot for Sacramento. I'm going to back them on the spread at plus four and a half, and a really bad spot tonight for the Los Angeles Lakers. First night of a back-to-back against a Pistons team where they don't really need everybody to play. We know LeBron and Anthony Davis are questionable. I think there's a chance we might see either one of them out. And tomorrow night, the Lakers have to go to Utah to play a Jazz team that is not only a conference opponent, unlike Detroit, but Utah is two games back of the Lakers in the, in the standings. That means the Lakers need that win tomorrow as a tiebreaker, basically, against Utah as we get to the end of the season. I think this is a spot where the Lakers are going to be looking ahead to that game and um, Utah tomorrow. I like the Pistons tonight, plus 10.5. It's a young Pistons team that already has the worst record in the league. They can actually try to start winning games at this point, and I think there's just a little bit of freedom at this point to be that team, and I think that's why you've seen them win two of their last three games, kept the last four or five games close. So, yeah, give me the Pistons plus 10.5, and, and then the Kings plus 4.5. Love that Kings bet. Sacramento 8-5 and five against the spread this year as a road dog. I think I'm going to tail you on that one for sure. Um, in the Lakers game, I played a little D'Angelo Russell over 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Detroit, obviously, not the best uh, defensive team. Russell has gone over that number in 10 of the last 12, last five at home. What are your thoughts there? Can I get your blessing on D'Angelo Russell over the 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, or should I be worried? I think you can. I'm just sort of pulling up my numbers here. I don't have a D'Angelo Russell rebound uh, projection in my model, but I do have mm-hmm. him for 20 and a half points and five and a half assists. There's your 26, whether he gets a rebound or not. There and, and I think, again, it's an even better bet because if LeBron James is out tonight, D'Angelo Russell's going to have 30 points. So I like that bet quite a bit. And if you yeah. can, play some alts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff there. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, Noobs, I'm looking here on – BetMGM right now for the Lakers to make the playoffs is plus 110. For them to miss the playoffs is minus 130. This is obviously them getting out of the uh, of the in- playing tournament and getting into the quarterfinal round. What do you make of the Lakers? Can they get into that top eight, or do you think they're going to miss out? So this is an interesting bet because there's a multiple vehicles for them to make the playoffs. They can either get up into the top six automatically qualify or they're going to be in that play-in tournament where they have to win a game or two and when i look at the standings they're three and a half games behind second place the phoenix suns are there and there's a couple other teams ahead of them and basically what that means to me is i think if the lakers are going to make the playoffs it's going to be during that play-in tournament so instead of taking them plus 110 now to make the playoffs just wait for those play-in tournament games and bet those individually i think that you're going to have a much better chance if they have to win two you're going to do much better than the plus 110 just betting them twice in a row if they have have to win one they might be a short favorite in that game but i think from a value perspective it's best to just wait and bet them in the play-in tournament when you have more information and opportunity to maybe even get a little better number 
Noobs, I love new blood. So I love seeing teams like, you know, Sacramento last year get some traction, finally get over the hump in the playoffs. This year, we have Oklahoma City Thunder. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves, massive win last night. When we look at the Thunder and the Wolves out in the West, which team are you more confident from a futures perspective um, to be able to come out of the West? It's a really great question because they are just right on the line. It's two teams that, uh, when you go back and look at the NBA historically, there is a progression. You have teams, basically, they fight into the first round of the playoffs, then win a couple series, and then that next year, they're kind of pushing into the conference finals, into the NBA finals. And this would be the season where both of these teams needs to come in and win a first-round series. I expect them to do that. I think that the Timberwolves profile a little bit better. The way that they play defense, I think, is a little more sustainable. It's a lineup that I think is a little more sure. Um, you know, both teams have a great guard. That's the other thing that's really fun. At playoff basketball, you need at least one guy that can score. You've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander on one team, Anthony Edwards on the other. I think it's, you know, by Razor's edge here, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on matchups, but I, I lean towards the Wolves. Again, defensively, their size, what Edwards can do, I think is a little more valuable than an Oklahoma City team that's just a little bit younger, a little bit smaller, and not quite, it doesn't quite have as much star power. Noobs, when you look at any of these divisions, Currently, anybody at plus money that you would take a shot at? The Bucks are plus 120 in the central behind Cleveland. Miami's even money behind the Magic in the southeast. You got Dallas at plus 135. We were just talking about some of those teams in the Northwest Division who are all plus money right now. Like anything on the board currently in the divisions market that you think would be a good good bet? Just scrolling through some of those prices right now, I want to make sure that I have the right numbers, but I like that Mavericks bet that you highlighted there. Um, they are only one game back from New Orleans. I think New Orleans might have the tiebreaker. They've had some success against Dallas this year, but uh, the rest of the schedule looks a lot easier for the Mavericks. Their injuries have really balanced out. The trade for Gafford is really nice because what Dallas has been missing, I think, the most over the last few weeks is Derek Lively Jr. His rim protection, his ability to play in the pick and roll has been huge, and Gafford is going to be able to fill that gap until lively gets back so i think there's some upside i would actually have the mavericks a small favor to win that division so i do like the mavericks there at plus 135 uh, the rest of the divisions are kind of tough i think the cavaliers are going to hold on and win the central division just easier schedule for them uh, and just playing much more basketball where the bucks are going to have to continue to experiment and find the best way to, to win that um so yeah i think the mavericks i think that's really the best one you hit the nail on the head there i also don't mind the thunder at plus 240 i don't know why those numbers aren't a lot closer Again, we have to go back and look at the tiebreakers, but I don't think the Thunder have a big disadvantage against Minnesota, against Denver in that category. So, again, go back and just double-check the head-to-head -head there. Unless the Thunder have somehow lost three games out of one of those teams, plus 240 is too big. Let's shift over to the awards market. Um, one of my favorite you know, markets to kind of watch and monitor lately has been the most improved player market from Philadelphia. So Tyrese Maxey, um, you know, has been front running there for a little bit, of, a little bit, but Cam Thomas, there's some other guys there. Kaminga's starting to come on strong. Is there anyone outside of Maxey that you think we should be looking at to where we could find some value? A bit of a sick face when you said that, because I think about that every day before the season. I bet Tyrese Maxey would be most improved player 
at every number that was available. I think I have anywhere from 30 to 15 to 1. I have a whole drawer full of tickets that are slowly turning into coasters because I think there was just, too, like you said, I think exhaustion was the word you used. Uh, we got this great early start from Maxi. He's an all-star. And to take a step back, most improved player of year is someone who increases their points per game about 5 to 6, picks up an assist or a rebound, plays for a winning team, and makes the all-star team. And he's already done that. So it checks a lot of boxes. But the problem is, with that Embiid, with the way the Sixers have been losing basketball games, he is going to start losing votes. And that's a little bit of a concern for me. One of the names you mentioned, I think Jonathan Kaminga, Hopefully you have a ticket already on him. If you don't, 10 to 1 is a really nice number here. I think he should be a lot closer to Shangoon. Shangoon's plus 500. I think Shangoon has a little bit of the same uh, fatigue factor that Maxi does without nearly the success. He's not an all-star. Kamingo won't be an all-star, but if he plays 25, 30 minutes a night for this Warriors team the rest of the season, the Warriors make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of support for Kamingo. Betting analyst for BetUS NBA and FTM Bets, host of Hoops with Noops at uh, at underscore Noops on Twitter. X, our buddy Noops, join us here on You Better You Bet. Noops, great stuff as always, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much, guys. Always a pleasure. Best of luck until we talk again. You as well. All right, we're taking a quick time out here on You Better You Bet. We come up, wrap up our number three with some more NBA talk. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. <laughs> 